Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome into the B List. Another week, Memorial Day weekend edition of the B List. Kurt Heelan from ProBasketballTalk.com will join us in the third segment today. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about what the Celtics might be doing this offseason. And in the final segment today, we'll be talking with Andrea Georgian and Bill Ewing, the director of the USTA National Men's Tennis Tournament, which will be coming to Brunswick, I think, the weekend after next or sometime late next week. They'll tell you more about that in the final segment today. Segments one and two will be me and Stevie doing our typical nonsense. Welcome back, Steve. Glad to see you're surviving surviving the the move. We're all everybody has moved before, so it's not pretty. There's two items on my checklist. I'm vertical and I'm taking nourishment, so we're good to go. We're we good. Keep, we can keep on moving forward. Right. Let's now we're do co- it. we're coming we're coming fresh off of a uh, just the typical Cleveland comes to Boston and wins sort of thing last night. So there really wasn't much to the game. You, you could tell. I, I'm kind of at the point now where I realize the Celtics were just kind of happy to be there. This was kind of the peak of their season. This is, I think if you'd asked them at the beginning of the year, yeah, sure, they'd want to win a title. But I think in reality, they'd be like, you know what? Our season, best case scenario, ends in the Eastern Conference Finals and we, and we get the number one pick in the overall. Well, their season came to an end in the Eastern Conference Finals. They're the only team uh, to have beaten Cleveland. They were the last remaining team in the in the playoffs to have beaten Cleveland and Golden State, if you're counting it up during the year. Sure. A lot of folks are not going to be back. I think James Young played his final game last night as a member of the Celtics. A lot of, lot of, uh, lot of uh, changes coming this offseason. But uh, my, my very first question is, and this is this is really when we move on to the next one, our next round is is Cleveland, uh, Golden State. It's the NBA Finals. This will be the third time they've met uh, in a row, I believe. Who is not even? You know what? This isn't even the question. The question isn't who you root for. What do you root for as a Celtics fan? And and I I I leave this like this. Last year. If the Golden State Warriors had held on to a 3-1 to one lead, you're very likely looking at Kevin Durant as a member of the Boston Celtics. So, because that did not happen and the Cavaliers came back to win, Golden State made a renewed push for Kevin Durant. Durant joined them. He was able to join them because he wouldn't be looking like a total front runner. Yep. What do we root for here? Do we do we root for do we root I, I don't care about a great series. I don't care about any of that. It doesn't affect my franchise at all. Blah. Yeah, I don't care about that. Blah. What do I want? Do I want Golden State? Do I want Cleveland to get up to a three one lead and cough it up? And then them try to make a bunch of knee jerky moves to try to get better next year, only to realize that oh wait, we don't have any other moves to play, and then the roster starts to slowly degrade around LeBron. Or do we root for Cleveland to just wallop Golden State and for Durant to be like, you know what? I came out here for this, and now I'm going to be coached by Mike Brown because Steve Kerr can't get healthy. 
Maybe Boston wouldn't be a bad idea because remember, Durant does have an opt-out at the end of this year. I, I think there's a couple of different things there at play. and I don't know what scenario to root for. Personally, I like the latter. Yeah. I like the I like the idea yeah. that it kind of blows up in KD's face and he has to rethink things. Um, boy, uh, interesting, interesting scenario you lay out. I, I I would agree. Basketball aside, uh, from a from a storyline standpoint, I think that you know you're you're trying to form a team that it. Here's the deal: is are we thinking that players are wanting to chase chase the rings? If Golden State gets a ring. Everybody sees that as well. Come on, they got KD. They got it. no nobody. They just won the finals two years ago. You know, so so there's there's sort of a eh, we don't we don't we don't want to be a part of that versus Cleveland eh, eh, starting to build a little bit more of a dynasty. I had an interesting thought during the game last night that didn't have to do anything with the game in front of me. Obviously, no, we, because we, yeah. that was that was sort of the point, right? By the way, I do need to give everyone credit. Uh, although uh, myself and the other members of NBR thought that Boston would win last night and force a game six, you were pretty much steadfast in saying, "No, it's it's done." And you were right. So I apologize it was, for doubting. It you. was it was just sort of like a, a a walkout, big swing, and they landed the big punch. And I don't think the Celtics ever really recovered. Early in that game, I thought to myself, "Are we looking at?" A young Celtics team against what this Celtics team could potentially grow into. You know how how does this team look in 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 two three years? A lot, and I'll tell you, there were a lot of similarities on the floor in terms of the mix of talent that you've got one to five on the floor, and with with what we're all anticipating to be the first pick. And um, I, you know, I think that the Celtics are in a really really good position, uh, regardless. Of how it goes, I, I think a sweep would be great. Get it done, get it over with. It's not going to happen. We're going to see a six-game series for mm-hmm. sure in the finals. We're going to see, you know, I, to me, better team here. Right now, I think it's tough to stop Kyrie. You know, you give me Kyrie and and uh, and LeBron against Steph and pick your poison, and I and I think I'm probably going to stick with Kyrie and LeBron. You know, I really do. I, I over and over again, I feel like from a from a sheer talent perspective, they have a stronger will. They seem like to me, they have more of the killer instinct. Steph has it, but they just sort of exhibit it a little bit more. They haven't been tra- well. The thing with Golden State that really gets me is they have not really been challenged at all in this postseason. Mm. And the one time they were challenged, uh, Zaz- Zaza Pachulia decided, no, 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 we're gonna we're gonna end that real quick. And that's been it. They had they had the really that one close game in game yep. one, and then everything else has been a blowout since. And that can hurt them in, in games like this. And, and the one thing I will give Cleveland credit for, regular season Cleveland did not show up in these playoffs. No, 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 no. Different Playoff team. Cleveland is a whole different world. Yeah. If you watched film of regular season Cleveland, you got roasted in the playoffs because right. they, they operated differently. They ran different sets. They, they ran a lot more through LeBron. And that that's intelligent on a lot of different levels to save your legs and save your guys. You got to think about LeBron's been in the in the NBA since he was 18. Been in seven straight NBA finals. How many Olympics? How many overseas games? I mean, the guy's got a lot, a lot of miles on his legs. Rest during the regular season makes a huge impact right now. If he's playing at his three quarter strength versus somebody else who's really at the end of their pipe. You're 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 talking about a market difference in in two players side by side, let alone dealing with somebody like LeBron, who's just that much better inherently. 
how much longer before he starts to slip? I mean, that has to happen at some point, right? But I keep I keep hearing people say that same thing about Tom Brady, and Tom Brady doesn't seem to be slipping at all either. Well, my fan, my inner fanboy has this thing where I'm 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 thinking that Fultz will be this super aggressive, athletic, defensive guy that sort of just binds LeBron up and LeBron can't get around him. And like, this is the point. This is the point where we're going to see the younger kid who's more athletic, who's, who's right. on top of his physical game. You got to see the torch pass. That's it. Yeah. Let it happen now. Right. That's what I'd like to yeah. see. I want to see that next year. Did you see the picture of Fultz's arms? I think I yeah. sent it to you, right? You put a little size on. What in yeah. the What? What? Well, I'll tell you what. That that jump, then that jump to the NBA is such a physical jump, and the D League helps a lot of guys with that, with the physical nature of professional play, and even overseas, the guys that you've had a chance to talk to, the physical nature of that professional level of basketball requires you better put some tissue on because, not so that you can be strong all during the season and maintain that. You got to think about it this way. He's not going to be able to maintain it. He's going to break down. So what does that look like at the end of the season? Can he still maintain the muscle mass that he has at that point and continue to operate from a functional basketball perspective? And I think he can. A kid that's got a big, big wingspan really does a lot of agility work. So I, I really like what I see. So six foot four, six foot ten wingspan. Yeah. Like how does that even? What what? What you know can, how I, mean, I don't even know what to expect. Well, think about how. So if he's guarding somebody around his size, even six five, he's got such a bigger reach. So it's like being guarded by a taller guy. I mean, in in all margins, he can he can block a shot closer because he can get closer, and he's got a much wider wingspan in terms of blocking down passing and cutting lanes for guards that he's going to play against. He's a, it makes him tough to defend because the other guys are going to have shorter arms, so he can get a shot off over their hand. And then it makes him really, really tough to to generate offense through because he can just sort of wrap your KD's a lot like that. He's right. taller, but you know he's six foot ten, but I believe he's got a wingspan of like a seven six over, guy. Or yeah, something. yeah, it's seven seven and a half feet. Yeah. Remember I mean, when Jay Billis was introducing wingspan to all of us yes. so that we knew? Yeah. yeah, so we could measure it appropriately. Right. right. Yeah, he plays yeah. bigger than what he is. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maddie and Steve on the B list. That's going to wrap up segment number one. Segment number two on the way. I'm actually going to go through, uh, I'm going to touch base a little bit again and go through different scenarios and what that might mean for the Celtics moving forward. And we'll look at the roster. Who do we think is going to be back next year? Who should be back next year? It's the B list with Maddie and Steve on Sports Time 780 and SportsTime780.com. Segment number two of the B list Memorial Day weekend. Get out and honor the fallen. Maddie and Steve with you here. You know, I realized, Stevie, when I moved into my house a few years ago, I also moved on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Choose a rainy one if you can. Yeah, always choose the rainiest. Yeah. My two best moves ever were that one. And then the other one, which I did, was when I moved from uh, an apartment in Auburn to a house in Green in a snowstorm in February. Fun. It was a slushy snowstorm. And that my car actually the back brakes locked up like the um, so but the best part was it was slushy out so I didn't ruin my tire like my back tire just slid on the slush huh. yeah silver lining I've really been excited about being a functional adult like it's it's you know I can deal with things a little better now and I think it was like Columbia happens. University yeah a senior level course yeah adulting Adul- <laughs> adulting how to apply for a loan I'm gonna need a master's in Come that on. probably. I actually just had a friend of mine ask me because uh, she threw out her back. Like, 
what do I do now? Like, do I go to the doctors? Mm-hmm. Do I go like what? I'm like, I don't know. A lot of new evidence out there. A lot of, yeah. Well, that's, that's another whole, show. Another time, another show, another time, another show, another time. Sea <laughs> dogs will be in action today on sports time, 780 and sports time, 780.com. Depending on the weather, Trenton will be in town without Gleber Torres. Not that I'm bitter. Steve and I continue now with the Boston Celtics. So, Steve, uh, first thing here, James Young will. I'm going to go ahead and go on record and say James Young's not back. Next he's year. done. He's done. I would X, say James put an X you, through him. Do you think he's going to China, or do you think somebody's going to give him like one shot in camp, nah. and then he's going to be? I, I think his best shot is definitely overseas. That's where he's going to excel. I think he's going to get a multi-year deal over there. Say he even gets a year. What's a year here in the NBA? Can he really do anything that's going to? establish a, a multi-year contract after that no so rather no. than take a couple of one-year flyers go over to europe sign a multi-year deal carry your career on that right one. yeah i could i could see that so all right amir johnson he's on the last year of his deal you had a fun stat about amir before we came into this Let, let's let's uh let's so led bring the celtics out. this year in games played 77 games played versus isaiah thomas who had only 76 of course thomas missed the the uh the last one with the injury but uh, Amir Johnson only had just over 1,600 minutes this year. That's fairly low compared to the rest of the guys on the team, but started in the most amount of games for your Boston Celtics. You know, a, a guy that played an interesting role for Brad Stevens this year. All right, next guy. He started some games as well, and some look to him and say that he was the spark plug that got them through the Chicago series. Gerald Green, he's on a one-year deal. Yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't know what I, you know, to do with Gerald. I, well, I I don't know. I, I he's happy with his role. It seems plays it well. Yeah, uh, he's a guy who's who's you know seen a couple of turns of the Boston Celtics. I think you when a guy comes back to a team a second time, and and buys back in and and fits in his role, he's a guy worth keeping around. Those are the veteran role players that you want to see. You know, he's one of the first guys off the bench congratulating guys as they're coming off the floor. Uh, that kind of stuff goes far in, in a smaller team. He's got team. that posiness yeah, about him, that James yeah, Posey no hug doubt, thing about no him. No doubt, no doubt. And, I mean, he's good for a half dozen highlights a year, right? I right. Mean, even if in warm months. And you know what? Here's the deal. He's good for a spot start here and there yeah. in the middle of February when you do need to rest your guys. And I wonder if starting next year, especially with Isaiah coming off of this hip thing, you're going to see Isaiah Thomas rested so that he can make it through. Uh, I, I wonder if you're going to start seeing the Celtics act a little bit more like an upper echelon team in terms of giving guys nights off. Not by saying, oh, we're just giving them night off because of rest. They'll be like, oh, he's got a dinged up knee or something. You know, I, I think you're going to see a little more of that this year. So the, the what keeps coming up with IT is whether or not you move him back, put him as a sixth man. He's not a primary scorer as a point guard. Here's the deal. He led the Celtics in minutes this year, and he beat Marcus Smart by almost 200 minutes. That's a pretty clear win. He missed some games. Guess what? He's not going to keep he's not going to do that for 5 more years. He can't. I mean, you saw what happened uh in the playoffs. Far be it for him or anybody else. That's a lot of minutes to play. Yeah. I mean, I mean, when you start nosing up around 2700 minutes in a season, that's that's a lot. He's averaging up over 33 34 minutes a game. That pattern over time will break a guy down. It will. It's not sustainable. So you know, do we want, do we want to burn him out, get a hundred percent out of him for one or two years, or do we want to scale him back, get a lot more out of him for a longer period of time? He's useful when he stays, when he when he when he does what he does best and distributes the ball, comes off the bench. You know, he's he's not, he's a 
he reminds me so much of Derek Fisher in some ways, but certainly not others, you know? Right, and, yeah. And, and so that, that's a guy who fit his role, stayed in his role well, and, and won championships as a result of it. So the next guy, I, I am convinced he's not going to be back, but I'm terrified that if a Gordon Hayward or somebody like that doesn't get signed, that we're going to see the return of the man, the myth, the legend, the hero of Game 7 against the Wizards, Kelly Olynyk. I don't know what team is going to overpay for him or why they're going to overpay for him, but I feel like some team is really going to overpay for Kelly Olynyk, and they're not going to be happy about it. I, I picture him being very similar to a Mark Blunt from a few years I ago. I have three words for you. Okay. Let them pay. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. We'll always have Game 7 against the Wizards, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Good. And we can, we can, we can keep that. We can keep that and be okay with it. Every time we can I be look, peaceful with it. You that. know what? It, this is totally not Kelly's fault. It's but not. Every, but you know what it is? <laughs> every time I see Kelly Olynyk, all I think of is, you could have been Gianna Santacompo. Mm, you could have, boy. And here we are with you not being Gianna Santacompo. <laughs> I think that, and the tough part is, is we take it a step further. Like when, when we really think about that. We have a jersey in our head. We have a right. Celtics jersey. We, we have, see the name. No, we I mean, it's just, yeah. That's, that's you know what I mean. It's in action. We're, it's not. It, it. We run it right down the pike a few anyway, and make sure that we get a good vision of it so we can. I'm sp- picture yeah. him screaming anything as possible, but doing it in Greek. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please. There we go. Uh, absolutely. Love it. I I, Love it. I see all of those things, but yet yeah, no, he's doing that in Milwaukee, which is a gong show, and he's gonna watch his career be wasted out there. This is what I wonder about with wow. Gordon Hayward. I'm, I'll ask Kurt Heelan about this later, and hopefully he'll have an answer for it. I wonder if Hayward looks at his team this year. I mean, they didn't, they weren't even close to Golden State. Supporting staff. How much better can you get to beat Golden State? And this is the other thing, too, and I'll mention this with Kurt later. Golden State's already prepared to lose Iguodala. They're already prepared to lose a Livingston and those guys. They've got younger guys drafted and mm-hmm. ready to go to fill mm-hmm. those roles. When mm-hmm. you wonder why the Warriors draft the people they draft, they draft them to specifically fill those roles that are going to be left behind by those guys. They're projecting two or three years out. They're totally Belichicking. Yeah, it. yeah. Which hey, Is you're going to exactly see it what more. Should be done. You'll see it more. You'll see it more. But you're. I think you're. I think you're spot on with that. What. You you've got to expect that turnover on some level, right? And 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 I think Golden State will set that trend and set that model. But uh, getting new guys in is going to be hugely important for a lot of different reasons. You got to be careful with how that affects chemistry. Does a starting lineup of Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Gordon Hayward, Jay Crowder, and Al Horford, with a bench of Marcus Smart, Markel Fultz? Auntie Zizic, who we haven't even talked about. Zizic, excuse me. I'm finally figured out how to pronounce his name correctly. Zizic. 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 As in Zizic chance, you're, we're not going to like this guy. Zizic point Zizic. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, oh, my God. That's great. I can't, we got That's a t-shirt. Yeah. I, yeah. That is Zizic point Zizic. Yeah. That's that solid. Is, that's impressive. I mean, you're not going to have a Jarebko kicking around next year. You're not going to have an Amir Johnson. Tyler Zeller's got a second-year option on that 8 mil. That's going to be released. So that's $25 million off the cap right there. 
Jalen Brown will be back next year, another year older, another year wiser. He'll be coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. You'll still have Derry. You'll still have Jackson. I think you're going to see some good minutes next year from Jordan Mickey as well. He's had a couple of years to develop. He had a couple of good moves last night. I think he can come in off the bench and do some things. I think this roster is going to be in pretty good shape. I'll be very interested to see what they do and see if Yabaselli gets healthy. I'm also going to be very interested to see if both Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley come back next year. Yeah, that will. That, well, and and can they? Can they? You know work together and in a fashion that can be conducive to Markel Fultz being a part of things and allowing him to take a share you know what I mean there's no need to limit touches you're not going to make him better by by watching he's going to get better by doing uh, there's no question about that you you bring up some fantastic points about some of these younger guys you hope a guy like Brad Stevens is really working these younger guys and putting them in a position so that they can take over. Uh, but you never know what happens when they when these guys get under the bright lights. They actually have to go and, and rise to the occasion. And uh, some do, some don't. Whether or not the coach can recognize it and make the, the appropriate adjustment, I mean, that's what I think you're seeing in, in, in Golden State. That's what you're seeing in a lot of the teams that can make it that far uh, that, that aren't relying just on absolute talent. All right. 10 seconds or less. Isaiah Thomas and the Brooklyn number one for next year for Kristaps Porzingis. You want any, uh, you want anything else? I heard uh, why well, what about Carmelo? I don't no, want, I, I don't I, I, I don't look I not I'm not Car- I'm not asking you. I think the issue is you can't get Carmelo unless I think Carmelo's a backup plan if Gordon Hayward doesn't come here. Yes, it fits the team better. Yes. It fits the team better. Mm-hmm. It's a better move for the team. That was my thought too. All right. But I like Isaiah Thomas, so hopefully he sticks Nothing around. against him. I like Fits him. Fits the team better. Love yeah. Isaiah Thomas. Love my Boston Celtics. Yeah, I, I want Banner 18 more. I mean, I'd like to see Isaiah Thomas be a part of that, but we'll see. Steve, thank you. Be well. More on the way. B-list. Kurt Heelan from ProBasketballTalk.com next. Segment number three of the B-list now. Of course, SportsTime780.com is powered by MBR.org. Somebody's watching, and that's one. That's good. Okay, well, you can you can count me down for one, probably maybe a couple a day, roughly. So, you know, maybe two, two and a half. You can give it that. Uh, as one person uh, told me once when I asked them how they got their stream numbers, they're like, oh, we multiply it times four and a half. I'm like, why? And they're like, well, there's an average of four and a half people in every room. And I'm like, you haven't been in my room. There's like one and a cat, man. That's not really going to help you. So... Yeah, it's kind of how that stuff works. A lot of money on Amazon. It totally does. Yeah, absolutely. I had to. I had to reach. I've had to change that pin multiple times because my two-year-old was able to figure it out. It was pretty wild. You know, you, you go with Gronk's favorite number over and over and over again, and eventually they just catch on. So you know, what can we take away from this uh, as we look forward to the off-season uh, from Celticsville? Because everything's just kind of. But in terms of the off-season. What does this give them? Are they really the third best team in the league? Or did the Leonard injury kind of throw that off? I mean, it's kind of going to be interesting how this thing sets up for the offseason based on how these playoffs have gone. Yeah, I don't know that they're the third best. In fact, I don't know that they're fourth. I I would probably put Houston ahead of them as well. But, you know, look, you went into this season trying to take a step forward. You got the number one seed. They got the number one seed in the East. They advance to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the next step. Like, rarely do things happen like the 2008 Celtics where you throw a team together and they make this leap. And that was a team, by the way, 
you know, loaded with veteran guys who, had, who were ready to make that jump. They'd just been in different places. Um, this is how it normally progresses. It takes some years of, uh, um, and adding pieces. And I think that that's what's the, why Boston is set going into this offseason. You almost certainly keep the pick. You use that pick to get Markel Fultz. You make a hard run at Gordon Hayward. And that, you know, if, even if that doesn't work, and there's not a great free agent, you know, you don't want to spend on Paul Millsap or whoever else is out there, then you wait till 2018 and you do it again. And you, this team is so poised to be – look, LeBron can't be a – he's not a cyborg, I've checked. Um, he's passed medical tests at the NBA. At some point, Cleveland is going to – you know, in the next few years, there's going to be fade there. And Boston is so poised to be the next really great team in the East. I mean, yeah, Milwaukee's coming up and there's other good teams, but – they're poised to make some deep runs in the playoffs in the coming years, and I don't think it's something it, – it, it's going to require a little patience from Celtics fans, which is always hard to do when you get this close. But they're really – if they don't mess this up, they're really poised to make to, – to be a very good team for a very long time. So I guess kind of the, the concern I, I think I have is they make a run at Hayward, and Hayward decides to stay in Utah. What, what do you think on that? Do you think Hayward's kind of kind of married to Utah? Do you think he's gonna he's gonna hang with Quinn Snyder, or do you think the appeal of maybe going back to Stevens and working in a system that maybe he knows and uh, w- would be something that would work for him, but he's got to take a little less money and, and kind of uproot his career? So I, it, it's kind of a tough it's kind of a tough one. It, it reminds me of the Al Horford thing last year. It was kind of Al Horford or bust, and I mean it was Al Horford, Kevin Durant or bust if they were going to be a title contender. And they only got one of two. So if they're going, you know, kind of for one guy this year, you've kind of got to put all your eggs in the Gordon Hayward basket. It's, it's not really, there's not a lot of plan B's in that situation other than stay the course and maintain it. And I, I think Celtics fans are really impatient with that. I know I am. And it's, I know the right thing to do is to do it slowly, but it just gets so agitating after a while. It's like, okay, we got it. Cavaliers, Warriors, it's cute. But you want to see some teams take a run at it and, you know, Toronto took kind of a mini run at it, but they didn't, you know, did, did they really swing for the fence or did they just try to say that they did? You know, I, I don't know. So it, there's no wrong way, wrong answer here, I guess. But it, I, I'd like to see, and after seeing Markel Fultz's new gun show yesterday, apparently he's been working out uh, two tickets to the gun show. Uh, the, the, the future looks bright regardless, but I, I'd like to see them at least explore some options and, and see if there's something else available uh, if Hayward doesn't come here. You can certainly look at it, but I, I wouldn't give up the pick, and I wouldn't give up a lot of assets to get a, a, a Jimmy Butler right now. Um, Gordon Hayward, it's really hard to predict. I, the, the sense that what he's thinking depends on who you talk to around the league. He does like Utah. He's not a... Not necessarily a guy drawn to the bright lights in the big cities and, and that kind of. He's, he's kind of a quieter guy who's not the, you know, not the guy who goes and hangs out at the clubs all night. So there is some draw to, to Utah, and now, like you said, they can offer the extra guaranteed year. But I think the pitch you make if you're the Celtics is a, like you said, hey, you know Brad Stevens, you know this system. Um, you know, this is a guy who was recruiting you when you were a five eleven nothing. You know, this is a guy who, who believed in you before anybody else did. So, there's that. But the second part of it is the pitch you were sort of making, which and we were just talking about, which is, look, at some point Cleveland, you know, it will fade. But more than that, you know, if you come in now, we got a shot at him. 
if you're in the West, if you stay with Utah, which is a rising team, and you've got Rudy Gobert and a really nice core, you've still got Golden State's guys are all in their prime. Like Those guys are all under 30. Mm-hmm. Durant, Curry, Thompson, Draymond, all in their prime. That team and even their youngsters team. now, Kurt, even their youngsters yeah. now, like McCaw and Clark and those guys, those guys are starting yeah. to get some run, and they're going to be able to develop and kind of slide in and take those roles yeah. so when the Iguodalas and those guys price themselves out, they're going to be replaced by the lower-cost guys because they're the good. other guys are getting raises. They're going to be really good for you know right. another four years. And by the way, San Antonio is going to continue to be good. Mm-hmm. Houston is going to continue to be good with James Harden. Minnesota's on the rise. Mm-hmm. Like, like Minnesota's going to be very good in a few years. And if you come east, you have a better chance of, of making the finals, making the runs, getting on that big stage. and that, you know, getting, if, if you want the big shoe deals, if you want some of those endorsements, it's more about where you're placed. It's not making all-star games, it's just making all-star games. It's about eventually making runs and being on that big stage at the end of the playoffs. And I think that that's, that's the pitch you make. But everything, I, I think it's kind of a toss-up, and it really depends, not even so much on the pitches, although that'll matter a little, as much as where his head is at and what he really wants. And he's got some soul-searching to decide what's, the, what's important to him and what he wants to do. Do you think they bring out Tom Brady for the recruiting pitch this time, or do you think maybe they go with Edelman this time? I mean, Edelman saved the Super Bowl, so is that who you go with this yeah. time to get Hayward? I mean, that's kind of my thought. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad call. Yeah, um, hey, bring back anybody that works. I don't know, get Willie McGinnis to come back out. You know, that one that one wouldn't be too bad either. Um, that one that wouldn't be too bad either. Honestly, we could get Ernie Adams. Maybe he could get him. I'm not really sure. Kurt Heelan, <laughs> pro. ProBasketballTalk.com, part of the NBC Sports Network and NBCSports.com. Kurt, thank you very much for some time today and for pinch hitting for Chris. I'll let you get back to it, man. Thank you. Anytime, man. Take care. The Mid-Coast Tennis Association presents the USTA National Men's 35 Indoor Championship June 1st through the 4th. Andrea Georgian uh, is back. Tennis pro at Maine Pines is also the tournament director for the USTA National Men's 35-plus Indoor Championship. Bill Ewing is in as well. He is the coordinator of tournament activities and a participant in the tournament. Welcome back, guys. Bill, welcome in. How are you? Thank you. Very well. Thank you. Doing well, thank you. Thanks for being in this morning. Thank you. Uh, for Andrea, why don't, why don't you tell me what's going on next weekend in Brunswick with this tournament and, and talk about how important it is to the area? Yeah, this is a, a huge tournament. It's the Men's National USTA 35 and Over Indoor Championships. It's one of only three such tournaments in the country. Um, and as such, it pulls in players from all over. We have people coming from California, Florida, Arizona. Um, and in terms of our community, it's a fantastic opportunity to come in and see some great tennis being played. Um, it's an opportunity that people will not be able to get elsewhere around here. That's, uh, that's fantastic. So for, for those that, that aren't familiar uh, with the USTA, what is that organization? So the USTA is the United States Tennis Association, and they're the national governing bo- body for the sport of tennis. They're the recognized leader in promoting and developing the sport's growth on every level in the United States. Their biggest tournament is the U.S. Open, uh, which we're all familiar with down in New York. And uh, they've really helped to grow the game, and we're very excited 
they've connected with the International Tennis Federation for this tournament. So players can get points not only for um, the USTA, but also internationally by playing in this. Oh, so they get to double dip. That's they really exciting. That's, double dip. That's excellent. Now, can you talk a little bit about the players that are competing? A whole variety of players from all over who uh, are top ranked in the nation, and they'll be coming in to compete. Some of them haven't officially signed up yet because they like to hold those cards behind their hands and <laughs> sign up at the 11th hour. Um, but I think it will be some amazing tennis. That's great. Um, we are talking with Andrea Georgian, tennis pro at Maine Pines, tournament director for the USTA National Men's 35 Plus Indoor Championship. Also, uh, Bill Ewing is in as well, coordinator of tournament activities and a participant in the tournament. Um, Bill, I assume some of these players have never been to Maine. Do you have anything special planned for them? We have a lot of special things. And I, when I talked to them last year, one of the reasons that they like coming to Maine is because of the activities and action that we put on for them. Uh, we do a lobster bake. A lot of them have come in never having had lobster before. Um, it's a very social occasion. Lots of club members show up. And so they have a chance to talk to people who live here. They have a chance to talk tennis. Um, they get to get. They live with some of the local people for the few days that they're here. They'll get uh, taken around. They'll go to restaurants, see sites of interest. It becomes more, more about really a social activity than just tennis. I think it's it's different for them than other tournaments that they play in. We are talking with Bill Ewing. He's the coordinator of tournament activities and a participant in the Midcoast Tennis Association as they present the USTA National Men's 35-plus Indoor Championship June 1st through the 14th, and that'll be happening at Maine Pines. Andrea Georgian is the tennis pro at Maine Pines and the tournament director for the USTA National Men's 35-plus Indoor Championships. Andrea Georgian's in, tennis pro at Maine Pines, tournament director for the USTA National Men's 35-plus Indoor Championships. Bill Ewing, coordinator of tournament activities and participant in the tournament. They're in this morning. They're talking about the event. That's happening June 1st through the 4th. Uh, can folks, uh, do folks need to get tickets in advance? Do they buy them that day? How's that whole thing, how does that whole thing work? The tournament is free and oh, it's right. open to the public. Awesome. So we are hoping that, you know, whenever people have time during the course of those four days, they'll come in and watch it. The finals take place on Sunday morning. We do a free French open brunch for the whole for the public, whoever shows up. Um, there's really nothing like being on the court and listening to the sound of the tennis ball being hit uh, by these players. It's an amazing experience. So we really hope people will come in and stop by and see what it's all about. Okay. I'm in the club every day playing, and we transform what just a, a playground for local uh, um, men and women into a venue that it's our U.S. Open. I mean, there's action and activity, food, um, seeing absolutely fantastic tennis. And then you get raffles, and we really make it – it's fun, and it, it gives us all sort of a chance where – we're all, I guess, some, to some degree extroverts, and we like, uh, um, we love what we do. We love the club, but this gives us a chance to broaden it and uh, and have a much bigger picture. Well, let's talk about some of those activities. Uh, there's a brunch, the the front row seats, the raffles. Let's talk a little bit about some of those things that you've got planned, Bill. Well, we get we have we raffled off um, tennis rackets and and local restaurant uh, um, certificates, um, whatever we can pick up. We'll raffle, and people ha- people. They don't have to pay anything for it. I mean, it's it's 
they walk in, they think, well, what do I have to pay to do this? What do I have to pay to do that? Well, they don't have to pay anything. They, they get raffle tickets, and they're treated like friends. People who have never been in that club before are going to walk in and feel, hey, this is a club. This is, this is my place. Um, and I think that, we, that by creating excitement and combining it with absolutely extraordinary tennis, tennis that the average player never really gets a chance to see up close and personal. Even when you get to the U.S. Open, you know, got to pay $100 to sit up front and watch Roger Federer. But here, you're watching men of extraordinary talent play competitively, and they, they, there are all kinds of reasons that they want to play. A lot of them are teaching pros, and it, and it improves their resume, so they really want to win. Um, and I think that that's... We've, We've created something in, in Maine that really had never existed before. That's awesome. Now, you're not a U.S.-ranked player, but I understand you're entered <laughs> into the tournament. How, how does that work? And, I mean, I don't care if you're a U.S.-ranked player. I mean, you could be. That's that's fine. I just find it interesting. Hey, I'm, I'm sort of like that that clown that they, they bring out in the in the uh, um, bull bucking contest. Oh, the rodeo clown. <laughs> yeah, nice. Rodeo clown, you know. Is there a barrel I, there? I provide so a little you, bit of levity. If you have, like, a double fault <laughs> yeah. and you jump into the barrel, is that how that works? I, yeah. And they douse me with water. Right, and yeah, they, that's, they, that's they, what happens. Yeah, I, I'm the token guy. And actually, a, a number of us do that. A number of us who are um, we're not at the pro level. We never even really got close. And, and most of us didn't even play in, in college or high school. But we love the activity and we get a chance to be on the court with these people of extraordinary talent. And and they, they play with us for fun. Um, and I've done it now for four years. I'm almost 75. It's a uh, I know I'm not going to beat them. If I get a point on my own, oh, the excitement of it, the thrill of it! it it's a, it's a wonderful, uh, it's a wonderful atmosphere and and a great event. Andrew Georgian, Bill Ewing, they're in. They're talking about uh, the USTA National Men's 35 Plus Indoor Championship. The Mid Coast Tennis Association is presenting that, and uh, that, by the way, will be happening at Maine Pines in Brunswick, and that'll be happening June 1st through the 4th. It is free. Go on down, check it out. So Andrea Georgian and Bill Ewing are in. They're talking about the USTA National Men's 35-plus Indoor Championship. It's happening June 1st through the 4th at Maine Pines. Mid Coast Tennis Association is presenting that. And again, uh, admission is free. All sorts of cool stuff happening. Raffles, there's a brunch. You had me at brunch. I mean, go on down, check it out. Um, now, you mentioned that you've um, uh, you, that you've trained ball boys and, and ball girls. Any any Kramers in there? Any any middle aged men going out there really trying to live the dream at all? Any no. of them? None of them. None <laughs> no. of them. None. None of them. Okay. Like, no, this this is for the kids. Yeah, they love it. Uh-huh. Um, the the players love having the the kids be around. Uh, most of the kids are junior players who are there who are uh, on a team or want to be on a team. Um, it's a real thrill for them. You see it. You see it if you watch tennis on um, watch the U.S. Open, um, the Australian Open. You see the energetic ball kids. Well, this is a chance for locally to have that that same experience. Now, do you have folks? You're going to have officials, like an official official, yeah, like a really, John yeah. McEnroe could yell at you official we sort ha- of deal. We have an official. We hope this year to have that official mic'd up so we can have a little oh, wow. bit, of an, bit of exchange between the uh, the player and the official. And and yeah, I, I don't think any of our um, um, players will be hitting the official with a racket or uh, knocking a ball. Well, in, that's into the really stands. nice. Well, I mean, <laughs> here's the deal, Bill. You want people coming, right? You want you want you, you know, want bodies. In okay, the you seats. want bodies to say. There's always a possibility that someone might not like what. 
official says. That's all you'd say. You don't want to encourage anything, but you never know what you could see. Well, you we, know? We, we check weapons at the door. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you still got the tennis rackets, remember. You're letting them play with them. What's, what's it like for people to see world-class tennis being played? I mean, uh, you're talking about a lot of folks that have done some cool things at Wimbledon, at the U.S. Open, at the French Open. What's that like? It's, it's like what I stop and watch Little League baseball games because for me, baseball is a thrill, no, ma- no matter at what level. <coughs> but when you, and when you watch college level, I watch Bowden teams play. But then when you see the pros, when you go to a professional game and you watch the Orioles play the Red Sox, there is a special thrill to that. And because you're watching people of extraordinary talent do something that at one point in your life you sort of thought maybe you could do but and your hopes and dreams are dashed now your hopes and dreams can come back you're living um, through these through these players you get a sense of their enthusiasm you see the the deliberate way they play the game and it's and it's something you can't watch you can't see it on television you can't feel it you're feeling it when you're there watching it you're hearing the ball um, it's it's absolutely a magnificent experience that. <laughs> Bench Warmers is right near the club. It's a place where we all go for our meetings, and uh, um, they've been a sponsor yeah, for the last two years. We're gonna—I think—we're gonna try to get the owner in there to play this year. Good. That's great. <laughs> no end to the to the fun and excitement of this. What could be a kind of a boring weekend, you know, after Memorial Day mm-hmm. and before all, before Fourth of July, we're gonna make this a fun weekend. Guys, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having yeah. us. Yeah, thank you. Oh, more on the way. You're listening to the Breakfast Club. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.